0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Simplifying Success podcast with me, your host, Muriel Foley. Hello, hello, episode six, six, I can't believe it has been six weeks since I recorded episode one. It's madness, but I am so, so, so happy and so proud that I did launch this podcast because the community of listeners of this podcast are the soundest, nicest, most ambitious bunch of people, and I know that in your inner circle, you are more than one role for many, many people. So yeah, it has been great so far. And I'm so excited to talk about all the other topics that I have planned. And I have quite a lot. I'm actually going to be getting equipment this week for the podcast so that I can really properly make some videos as well. I am recording this in cars still. And yeah, it's just the plans for it are going to be... Oh, I just have big plans for this podcast. But... (laughs) we are investing in some equipment. So yeah, so stay tuned for a little bit of an update on that. So last week's podcast was all about tips for you for getting that dream job. And it was from my experience, both as interviewing for jobs, but also interviewing other people for roles. And I really hope that those tips will help you whenever you need them. So from standing out in the application process to tips during your interview. So like that, whenever you need it, go back to it. Maybe you haven't listened to it yet. I don't know. So today's podcast is a story time. I want to tell you a little bit about my career path. And the hope of me telling you this story is that you will feel a little bit more confident if you are in a situation right now where it doesn't matter what age you are, where you're still unsure if you're in the right career for you. I also want to tell the story because it talks about rejection and I think again that might teach people something. And I always find that when I listen to people's stories and especially people that maybe I assumed when they're in a job or when they have a business that that's what they always wanted to do and then you hear that it just wasn't the plan that wasn't what they wanted to do or they just had a hard time maybe getting to exactly where they are now and I find those stories fascinating and I'm drawn to those people more like I know that people's success stories a lot of the people who have that really good business or multiple businesses or doing really well in their career it's never linear. There's always setbacks, there's always something and I find those stories so fascinating. So I wanted to tell you part of my story. A few podcasts um, that I'm going to be doing throughout this series and throughout other series are going to be story times like this where I tell you a little bit about an experience that I had or something about me with the hope that again that it inspires you or maybe that it just makes you think a little bit because like I said, nobody is perfect and success, even though multifaceted, is not linear in most cases. I know that for some people, they have a dream, <laughs> they get what they want and they get it really quickly. But I think that that's very much a 1% situation. I think a lot of people, when they go through any type of success in their career, in their life, that there it is a journey. So, Okay, when I was younger, so little Muriel, I always wanted to be a primary school teacher. So if you're listening to this in any other country, it's like an elementary school teacher. So that was always my plan. My dad was a primary school teacher, and I just always, I still do, look up to him. And I just loved that, you know, he always was so young at heart and still very much is and I just loved going to the school with him like when he'd be on his school holidays and he'd go to his school and he'd be setting up his classroom for the next school year and I would always go with him and help him set up and I just loved being in there and I just always envisioned myself being a primary school teacher like it was never... It was the only thing for me, like I had tunnel vision towards this particular career. So all the way going up in primary school and then into like high school or secondary school, that was always the plan. So in Ireland, we do, we basically fill out this form and we write it down and we write down exactly what we want to do in university, in college. And we have to decide that at a really young age. And then you do exams and your exams equate to points. And then if your points match the course, the career that you want, then that there you go. You go in, you study it, you become that. So I was really young um, doing my final exams. When I was going into that year, I was only 16. So I was very, very young. Uh, but I still, again, this was like for me, a no brainer. Always wanted to be a primary teacher. Always wanted to be a teacher. So when you want to be a primary teacher in Ireland, you can go the direct route, so you can choose the course to basically become a primary teacher, um, or you can go a roundabout way to it by doing a few years of an undergraduate course, doing a Bachelor of Arts in a few subjects, and then after that you apply to do the postgraduate course. So it's usually it's a year and a half, um, it's over three semesters. And it's quite an intensive course. There's one that you can do in person and there's one that you can do online. So when I was applying, because I was quite young and a lot of my friends were going to university in the county that I was from, which is Cork. I decided that I'm going to go the longer route to the primary teaching um, career. Because, again, I was young, but part of me was going, I want to be in this county. I can do the three years, and then do the year year and a half. But I also think that part of that was the universe (laughs) delaying my process. Um, Because I, I obviously got to experience doing other topics, I went to university, I was able to be with my friends and just get a bit more life experience as well. And yeah, I actually ended up being five points short for the direct course to become a primary school teacher anyway. So even if that was my number one I would have been five points short now I'm sure I could have rejigged a couple of things or maybe studied a little bit harder at the time and gotten those five points but that wasn't even on my radar it wasn't even a thing I was thinking about I was just like do the three years Bachelor of Arts and then do your primary teaching course on top of that so that was my plan that was my plan and I did not know that you know to <laughs> I don't even know how many years later, a long time later, <laughs> that I would have my own digital marketing business. Like my career right now did not exist back then. Um, so none of this was my plan at all. Nothing to do with business, nothing. Like I remember when I was in, um, in secondary school, which is high school, I did business studies in first year. In your first year in these schools, you basically do every single subject and then you drop subjects as you kind of go into second year, third year, and then your final year. And I remember, like, even with business studies, I was really good at business studies, but my teacher just completely turned me off the topic. Uh, Very old school way of teaching and had her favorites in the class and everybody else just... (laughs) basically didn't exist to her so I just I feel like teachers definitely influence whether you like a subject or not and unfortunately for me that teacher just turned me off the topic completely so I dropped business studies and I think you can I think I even dropped it for like my third year I dropped it like the minute I could drop it it was gone um, So that would have kind of stood to me, I suppose, even from a business point of view. So anything around that topic of business, marketing wasn't even a thing, like none of that was even in my subjects. So when I went to do my Bachelor of Arts, you pick four subjects and I chose English and politics and philosophy and sociology. Oh my God, I can't even think of the last subject that I did. I... <laughs> Because you drop two, you basically drop two, and then you go and you do a joint honors degree or you can do like a major or a minor, but I did a joint honors in English and politics, and I loved it, like I loved the politics side of it, um like the English I feel like it really, really stood to me anyway, but I loved going to university, did my three years, graduated um but I really really liked politics, and I remember I was even encouraged to um keep politics on after first year because of the grades that I got but I also really enjoyed it and I think again like politics yes it's it's not everyone's cup of tea but I think it teaches you a lot about people about relationships about the world and I think it was a really good grounding for me for what I'm doing now and also with the english you learn so much in english but I think even just from creative writing and all of that um that stood to me too. So I think I had a really good foundation doing those two topics for even for what I'm doing now. So yeah. <laughs> Still on the path here for primary teaching by the way. Um and yeah, so I did my three years and I went to Kenya. Again, I will do that in another story time, but I did some volunteer teaching over in Mombasa in Kenya uh for the summer and yeah, and then my plan when I came back was apply for these courses, do your interviews and go and be a primary school teacher. Still the plan. So I applied for the interview process for um, both the in-person and then I was like, if it doesn't work out, I'll do the online version of it. But I was still really young. I was so, so, so young and I was really naive as well. So I didn't know that it was extremely competitive to get into these courses. I kind of assumed that, okay, so I always want to be a primary school teacher. My dad is a primary school teacher. I spent the summer like teaching kids and, you know, there there was like loads of different things that in my head, it was just a no-brainer that I would get it, that the interview was just a part of the process, that it was just a formality in my mind. So I went into these interviews and you do one interview in English and one interview in Irish so I like Irish is like our language here in Ireland and I did very little study um, in oral Irish I listened to a radio station (laughs) that's in Irish I watched some television programs that were in Irish and I yeah I tried to brush up a little bit like both my parents can speak Irish so but I mean, I wouldn't say I'm strong by any means. I was very basic level Irish. I did not have college level Irish. I could have taken it on in university, but I chose not to. And that was on me. I think you can kind of see where the story is going. <laughs> so I get there to the interview process and there they take 80 people. Now, this was at the time, this was at least 14 years ago and maybe more. And I get there and there's hundreds of people. They were taking 80. There was hundreds of people in this big conference center. And it was a whole structure, a whole setup. And I just remember walking in and being like, is everybody here going for these 80 places on this course? But I still didn't let that deter me because Again, I was younger. I was a lot more naive. I was quite confident. And I remember going up in the elevator to my first interview, which was the, the English interview, one English interview, one Irish interview. I was going into my English interview and I was going up in the lift with um, a bunch of other people. they were kind of talking to each other and they were like oh you know um how like is this your first time going for this and I just remember someone being like no it's my third or it was like but their third or their fourth and I remember just looking at them being like it's your third or fourth oh my god and they were like yeah I've spent the last year um I think they were doing something to do with Irish. They'd spent the whole summer in Irish college teaching. They had like load done loads and loads and loads of stuff to basically build up their Irish but also their experience dealing with like teaching children like being in this country, doing sports things like all this stuff. They were rattling off all the stuff they'd been up to for the last year and then whoever they were talking to were also saying what they were doing and then I was just starting to feel smaller and smaller and less confident and less confident so I just felt like if this is this person's third or fourth time going for this and this is my first time and I have not done even a like what I've done is a drop in the ocean compared to what these people have done to get this course oh this isn't looking good this podcast is sponsored by MGFD MGFD are Digital Marketing Activation Specialists who also have an academy filled with workshops for people who need to understand the digital marketing landscape in a really simplified way. So whether you need help with Reels, understanding TikTok, getting started with Ads Manager or Google Ads, each month they add new courses to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape. For more information, visit mgfd.ie. So I went in and I did my English interview and I honestly felt really good after it. Like I felt like I did a good interview, a solid interview and yeah, I I was kind of buzzing after it too. But I think in the back of my mind, my confidence in my Irish, my confidence in that language and actually delivering a good Irish oral interview, my confidence was was very, 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 very low, especially after hearing how competitive it was, what other people had been doing. And I, I, all I was thinking was my level of Irish is not the standard that I'm sure 99% of these people's is. So I just felt like even going into that interview for uh, the Irish interview, I just felt like... This is it. Like this is a dead duck. I am not going to get this. And I did my Irish interview, and halfway through the interview, they basically ask this tense where it's if I, if I, then I. So it's conditional, or whatever that tense is. We call it the Mocanilok, the the devil <laughs> of the Irish language. They went there, so they went into a really complicated tense in this language, and I could not even think of a single Irish word because the minute I knew where we were going with this interview and now they were getting it into really complicated territory um, I froze I completely froze I forgot every single word of Irish in the Irish language I couldn't even think of yes no I don't know couldn't think of anything my mind went completely blank and it has never happened to me before ever and it was just such an unusual feeling and I completely lost my confidence. And I started to tear up, genuinely started to tear up in an interview and it was so unlike me. And I wouldn't say that my character was was like that. I wouldn't say that, like, yes, I can be vulnerable, but I have a very thick skin. But at that time, it just all kind of came crashing down. And I feel like part of me was going, you're starting a whole new year very soon and you are not going to be doing the course that you thought that you'd be doing and this is an entire year and for me that felt like a long time and in my head I was thinking oh my god am I going to be spending a year not in college am I even going to get this job is this job or career that I've always wanted since I was so young is this slipping away from me and all of these thoughts were going through my head while I was crying while I was in an interview in front of three people and in fairness to them they really tried to dumb down the Irish and I mean like they started to ask me what I did for my holidays like (laughs) there was no like good standard of Irish Questions coming out of them because they just really tried. I and I know that they were trying to like relax me and get me to just talk some Irish again and get me back on track. But I was gone, like that was it. And they kind of cut the interview short. And I just remember shaking their hand, I had tears going down my face, and shaking their hands and like saying thank you. And I just walked out and I just burst into tears. <laughs> and I just felt really bad because there were so many people waiting to be interviewed by these people and then I walk out crying like I can imagine even if I was so confident in my art and the person ahead of me is coming out of that interview crying then I would be like oh my god what did they ask you what did they do so yeah look I left there and I just remember being completely shattered, like my confidence was gone and it wasn't even just because it was a bad interview that I did, it was because of what it meant and you know I I was like okay you have your online course, you have the online version of this to do and again you just need to get through those interviews. So not long after I applied for the online version but again you have to go into, you have to go to Dublin it's a part of Dublin that you have to do your interviews in I did my English interview my Irish interview similar kind of layout and yet again the Irish interview I just felt like again I just had no confidence in myself even though I had brushed up on so much like before going in learning my lesson from the last interview and I froze again I absolutely froze again at I think the question was something about if I won the lottery what would I do and I froze I couldn't even think of anything not no words nothing and I think I just got in my head and again part of me was going that's it like that was your that was your chance that was your second chance to get this course and you're blowing it so I didn't cry <laughs> so we have an improvement on the first interview um I did not cry but I knew it like I knew leaving that interview that that was it. Like, I froze and, you know, I tried to kind of get myself back on track a little bit by saying some something in Irish. Don't even know what I said. I was just, I think I blocked it out of my memory. And I just shook their hands. Thank you very much. Thank you, you know. And I went back to the car and I didn't get it. Like, I, I got the rejection letter in the post probably a week or two later. And I just felt really deflated. Like, I just felt awful. And because this interview was held, it wasn't held before like a a normal semester. I think it was um I think it was like maybe January or February of the year that I was doing it. So it was it, it whatever way it was semestered, it wasn't like it was going into September again. So I had that little bit of time to prepare for that specific interview from the last one. But at the same time part of me is going, well that was the career that you wanted. So what now? And there was a little voice in the back of my head that was telling me maybe this isn't the career that you should be going for maybe there's something else that you are better suited to and that little voice inside my head was just getting louder and louder and louder and I think that voice was there from the moment I was writing down my choices on that form when I was 15 16 writing down what what course what career Everything, and I think part of me choosing to do the Bachelor of Arts, to do the English, to do the politics was also that voice kind of telling me, maybe don't go straight for primary teaching, maybe do a different route. So, and that voice again was getting louder and louder. So, part of me was going, Okay, it is coming into the summertime, so I let some time pass, and I was planning on going back to Kenya again. That will be another story time. So I was going back to Kenya for a lot longer and this was kind of April time and we were leaving in May and I had very little time to to kind of make up my mind and make this decision and because I had decided, right, primary teaching is not for me. But I need to come back. When I come back in September, I need to be starting a course whatever it is I don't care I had spent the last year without being in college without being in university and I hated it I hated not having structure I hated not knowing where things were going and I applied I wanted to apply for something to start in September so that when I landed back I think it was like mid to end September that I was going into a college course whatever it was so I knew that it was going to be something to do some postgraduate course some master's course but I had no clue. I honestly, honestly can tell you now, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So what I did was I opened up a browser (laughs) on my computer and I just typed in things that I liked and I I really, really did. And part of me was going, should I go back to politics? Should I do something in that arena? But then I didn't want to go into government. I didn't want to be a politician, but I liked certain parts of the politics course. So I was starting to type in things like media, people, um society, and then I was also kind of interested in things like journalism, and I did like things like social media because obviously like Facebook was out, was big at the time, and I just remember I typed in about ten different keywords to do with my interests and then I typed in the word masters and then I typed in the word Cork which is the county that I'm from and I pressed enter and then this search result popped up it was one of the first ones and it said masters in PR with new media and it was in Cork and I just remember even looking at that title and being drawn to it and going oh that that actually looks really interesting. So I clicked into it and I just looked at all the different modules and all of them just jumped out at me. And even though I none of them had anything to do with primary school teaching, but whatever the modules were, whatever the outlines were, the descriptions were, I felt like, How is this a course? Like this is so interesting. Like this is this is definitely a bit of me. So how is this a course? Like, how is this something that I can study? You know, and so I applied for it pretty much directly. Like the minute I saw it, I applied for it. But I did see that they were holding interviews in June, and I would be in in Kenya. So I emailed the course um coordinator, um Emmet Coffee. I'm still actually good friends with him now, and I emailed him and I just said, "Hi, Emmet." <laughs> I know you're holding interviews in June. I am not going to be here, but this course I feel is right up my street. Is there any chance that I could do my interview for this course any time in the next couple of weeks before I leave? And I know it was. I know it was very much like, please, 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 like hail Mary. Come on, let's go. And yeah, he wrote back and he said, Yeah, of course. He said, Meet me in college, and we'll you know we'll we'll do your interview. And look, yes, I had a little bit of um. Just a little bit of worry, doubt, fear because of how my interviews had gone in the past with college courses, but I tried to put it behind me because part of me was like, he's not going to be asking you anything in Irish (laughs) and you're well able to speak, so don't worry. And I met him, and I did my interview, and he was so nice and so sound. And in order to do the um the master's course, you obviously needed a level eight, which I did. Um, and I had my English and politics, and they kind of were related ish to the course. Now he did say like a lot of people who go into this course that or this master's course, they come from a background in marketing, business, commerce, and he said you don't really have <laughs> any of that. And he said there might be some modules that you'll find really intense, um, but like you'll be okay. Like if you're willing to put in the extra work, you'll be okay. Um, and he was right because, like, there was a lot of modules that that did require people to have a lot of marketing background. So it was it was very much a deep end situation. But anyway, spoiler alert, (laughs) I got the course. So yeah, while I was in Kenya. Um, I got an email to say that I was accepted into my master's and I basically, the day that I flew back from Kenya was the exact same day that my college started. So that was a whole other, wow, that was a, a, a hell of a day. But yeah, so I got this course and I got the master's and I couldn't believe that I was about to start something that had nothing to do with where I thought I'd be. And My master's course was just brilliant and I studied so hard. And yes, it was really tough because I didn't have any background. Like we were in a, like some of our modules were with people in their fourth year of marketing. And even some of the terminology that the lecturer was using, I had no idea. Like I remember writing down notes from the lecture, but then also side notes on a post-it of things to look up afterwards of what they meant, like abbreviations, certain words and all this. I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? So it was really tough, but it was the best decision, honestly, that I ever, ever made. And since then, I've been working in... Marketing, in PR, in media, social media, all of that. And I literally started working in it straight out of college. And I'm so grateful to the course coordinator, Emmett, for having faith in me. (laughs) But I'm also so grateful for that inner voice. Like I'm so grateful for that voice in my head that probably this entire way through was leading me to where I am now. And yes, I had to deal with rejection and yes, I had to deal with that realization that maybe I'm on the wrong career path and for years and years believing that I was on the right track and look where I am now you know I know I still have a lot of story times to tell you about my career or even starting my business and being three years in a successful business now and I literally never looked back and gone oh my god I, I like I wish I had done this or I wish this did this worked out differently because yes I was rejected and yes I felt terrible and yes I felt so lost and worried about my future but it led to me doing a course that completely changed my life and yeah and I've never looked back and I've never regretted it so there you go there's a very long story time but that's what happened that's where that's what led to me being in this career that I'm in now and it's funny the reason why I'm telling you the story time and it was on my list of of episodes was because I was recently talking to one of my best friends and I've we've been friends for quite a few years now but she didn't even know that full story and then part of me was going like I need to like I need to tell the story to more people because I feel like it probably gives you a little bit more background about me and my character But I also feel like it might inspire other people to just not worry too much. Like if you're in a situation, maybe if you're even in a job right now and you feel like this isn't the career for you, but you still don't really know where you're going to end up, then yeah, then you'll be fine no matter what age you are, no matter who you are and no matter what you're currently doing, because there's no way that me putting you know thinking I was going to be a primary school teacher and then if somebody somebody had said well look in 15 16 years time you're going to have your own business you're going to be three years in business and you're going to have all of this going on you're going to be working with these clients and you're going to your company will have already made a turnover of x and I would have been like what (laughs) what's digital marketing (laughs) So, yeah. So look, I will leave you with that. I hope that um yeah, I hope that that I don't know, maybe inspired you or if not then I hope you enjoyed the story. But yeah, um that being said, I hope that you have a great week. I hope you're having a great day whenever you're listening to this and yeah, keep the head up. Don't worry about rejection because usually it will lead you to something even more fabulous. So yeah, I will talk to you all next week. Have a great week, and yeah, take care. Bye.